Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's Pastor On. I want to continue today with the sermon series that we've been on called Who Do You Say I Am? We're in part four. And I want to title this message The Gateway to the Impossible. Turn with me to Genesis 17. Verse 15, the Bible says, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her. Do you know that all blessing comes from God? You can get things in life but only what comes into your life from God ends up being a blessing. I will bless her that she will be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and he said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child? at the age of 90. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent like a good wife. Men, you'll never get anything by your wife. They're always listening. So she's listening at the entrance of the tent which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed. She laughed to herself and she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And we know the Lord said yes. And all the older couples should be excited right now and cheering and saying amen and amen. And we know Isaac was born. And it was a promise that God had made to Abraham 25 years earlier when he was 75. You know, there are times where you have to wait for the promise that God has for you. But God is faithful to his promises. He's faithful to his word. So today I want to talk about the gateway to the impossible. See, Jesus, when he resurrected, he opened the way. He opened the door to the impossible. I believe that we're entering a season of the impossible. I believe we are entering a time where signs and wonders will again visit the church. I believe we're entering a time that the word says the end times where your sons and daughters will begin to prophesy and will start seeing vision and dreams and supernatural events happening on the earth. Elon Musk buying Twitter, that was a supernatural event. I'm still wondering about that. But Abraham and Sarah thought it was impossible for them to have a child. They're old, 100, 90. The disciples thought it was impossible 
for a dead man to come alive again. See, the devil always wants you to focus in on what you can see now. He always wants you to focus in on what you feel. We're feeling people. What we feel now. He wants you to focus in on your past experiences. Your skills, your education, or lack of skills, lack of education. He wants you to focus in on what others say can be. What others say cannot be in your life. Or he comes to you and he says to you, you don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith. The impossible can't happen in your life. Your desires and dreams can't happen in your life. When the Bible says he has plans to prosper you, he has a hope and future for you. When the Bible talks about the prophecies of, of revival and awakening and and a mighty end-time harvest and all nations streaming into the house of the Lord. It can't happen. We don't have enough faith. Jesus comes along and he says, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. For you. Now listen, I want to read it this way. Because I know you're not getting it yet. Because, Jesus says, because you have a little faith, nothing will be impossible for you. Because you have a little faith, nothing will be impossible for you. The Lord comes and he states a reality. Because you have a little faith, but you have faith, you're here because you have faith. You would not be here if you didn't have faith. So the Lord says to you today, because you have a little faith, nothing will be impossible for you. Can you receive this word? Can you receive this promise that Jesus is saying to you? Because you have a little faith, nothing's going to be impossible for you. See, God takes what you have, just like he took the fishes and loaves from the child. How are you going to feed all these people? That's impossible. God takes what little you have, and he does the impossible. What a good God we serve. Can you just give Jesus a praise break right now? Come on. Let's give Jesus a praise break. I remember when I first come to know the Lord, I didn't believe in certain elements of the Bible and the supernatural. I didn't believe in the prophetic. I didn't believe that God can use a man or woman and say, thus saith the Lord, you know. And so the church that we were from, every year they would bring, they called prophets, people who operate in the prophetic gifts. The Bible says God will give you, you know, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and prophets. 
was better than the church. And so they would bring these prophets from different parts of the world, some didn't even know each other, to the church. And then the pastor would decide who he wants to call up in front of these prophets. And he would, you know, and I guess the discernment say, hey, you know, I think you should go up and we're going to have the prophets prophesy over you. I think you might have a calling on your life. So out of the blue, they called, they called upon me and said, Ron, we want you to go up before the prophets. Now I'm thinking, I don't even believe this. Why are they calling me? And so I'm saying to the Lord, I was a little afraid. This is different. And I was saying to God, God, if this is true, this is going to be you using these people to speak over my life. Please, I have this on, on audio tape from many, many years ago. Please do not tell everybody that I lack discipline because I struggled reading my Bible. Please, I said, don't tell, don't tell everyone I lack discipline. So I go up, I kneel before the prophets, they start praying, you know, and then one of the prophets, his name is Pastor Fox, an older man, who had been in the kingdom for many, many years, very well known. He puts his hand on me and he says, Thus saith the Lord, my son, you need discipline. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Everything that I believed and didn't believe was straightened out at that moment. At that moment. But my wife reminded me, and I have this on audio tape, I should listen to it again, that he went on to say, because God is so good, he went on to say, but to be fair, I understand that you just graduated college and you've done so much reading that you're tired. And so I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. But listen, do not criticize what you don't understand. And we're talking about God being the God of the impossible. And there's a way for us to release the impossible in, into our lives. Don't shut it down thinking, this isn't for me. I don't believe this. Because you don't want the devil to lie to you and steal from you what God has for you. Because God has the impossible for your life. God has good things for your life. God has breakthrough for your life. God has revival for the church. God has an awakening for this nation. We don't look at what we see. The devil wants us to look at the, what's happening in schools and government. We look to God and say, but God, you are the God of the impossible. You can change everything in an instant, in a moment. You can do what we can't do. I received another prophecy many years later, my wife and I, and the prophets came, they prophesied over us and said that God has put in your heart a love for the old country and I'm going to send you to minister to the southern part of Italy. And we're like, how's that ever going to happen? How's that going to happen? That's impossible. How's that going to happen? Fifteen years later, we meet a young Italian student who came to our school, a ministry school, and we end up getting to know him, and he introduces himself, and he says, yes, I'm from the southern part of Italy. 
I come from Sicily. Immediately, my wife and I looked at each other and says, oh my goodness, can this be the prophetic word that was spoken to us? And then, so 15 years after we received that word, we were ministering in a church of 5,000 people in Palermo, Italy, because the word of the Lord is true. God is faithful. If he says it in his word, receive it, believe it. God is the God of the impossible. So today I want to give us three ways to enter the impossible. Three ways to release God in your life, to work in your life. But I want to preface this by saying this. God will not violate two things. Number one, he will not violate your will. God will never force you to believe in him. Never force you to believe. He'll not violate your will. And then secondly, God will never violate his word. If the word says such and such, he's not going to bend it for anyone. People say, well, what does your church believe? You know, do you believe this and that? We say, we believe what the Bible believes. Well, you know, are you accepting of this, accepting of that? We accept everybody. But if it's not in the word, we don't receive it. If the Bible says this, this is God. Who am I to say, well, God, I don't believe that. We don't rip out pages out of the Bible. God will not violate his word. So three ways to answer the impossible. Number one, don't go backward. Go forward with God. Jesus says, come follow me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not your way. It's not my way. It's his way. It's not Frank Sinatra's way. I did it my way. wonder how he's doing. It's not the world's way. It's not what your teachers are teaching in school's way. It's God's way. It's Jesus' way. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. So we need to find that way. Because it's only God who can do the impossible in your life. It's only God that can fulfill his purpose and plan for your life. It's only God that can fix all the brokenness in our lives from following all the other ways. We come to his way. It's my way, Jesus says. Most of us used to make decisions based upon the ways of this world, the cares of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, getting more stuff. So our decisions would be made based on how do I get more comfort, more pleasure, more stuff, more wealth. Our decisions were made based on the pressure of culture, the pressure of your friends, the, the unsaved friends, unsaved family members were under this pressure, so we would make decisions based on every other way but the way. And Ephesians 2, 3 acknowledges this. It says, all of us also lived among them at one time. All of us gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. But God has a way. 
It's a way for the impossible. It's a way for favor. It's a way for peace. It's a way for joy. It's the way of internal happiness and assurance of where we're going when we leave this life. God has a way. Don't go back. Don't open up the doors of the other ways because the other ways will never work. They don't work. Look at your life. How, how was it? How is it? How much of the other ways do you have intermingled? Because God has the impossible for you. He has good for you. He has plans for you. But it's his way, his way alone. The closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to the impossible. The closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to the impossible. And let me give you this truth, this biblical truth. The closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to his house. When Joseph and Mary lost Jesus during Passover in Jerusalem, and they find them, he says to them, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Luke 2, 49. Jesus says, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? See, this needs to be our communication. Don't you know that I go to church? Don't you know that I live for the Lord? Don't you know Jesus and his church is my priority? Don't you know that I follow Jesus' ways? I know you do this and you do that and you do this, but don't you know where I am, where you can find me? That's what Jesus was saying. I remember when I came to know Christ, my whole family was in an uproar and uh, because they didn't understand the Christian faith. And being from an Italian culture, every Sunday at 1 o'clock, 12.30, 1 o'clock, was dinner. Everyone got together. It was dinner. You don't miss dinner unless you want your legs broken and put in a trunk. You don't miss it. It's a family thing. It's, it's a tradition. That's what you've been doing for our whole life. Well, I get saved and my priorities shift. Jesus is way more important than dinner. Now, that says a lot for me. Jesus and his church is way more important than some family gathering. So I say, well, I don't do that right now. I'll be there after church. But don't you know I go to church now? Don't you know Jesus is first place in my life now? Don't you know I made him my priority? I made church my priority. I made the calling of God my priority. Don't you know I made eternal life my priority? That's what Jesus was teaching. That's why the Bible says to be water baptized. Come into this new way of life. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, come onto this new way because this new way is going to bring the favor of God into your life, going to change your identity from Sarai 
to Sarah. I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to give you a new life. Be baptized. The old man goes down into the grave. A new man comes out. God has better for you. Come with me, Jesus says. One of the greatest tools of the devil is time and discouragement. God will always use time to bring his best into your life. You know, the Bible says that you are a wonderful creation. It takes time to create something magnificent. You are magnificent. You're creating the image of God. God works on your life. He doesn't just swap it together. He works on your life and it takes time. So God will use time to prepare his best for you. The enemy will use time against you. See, the enemy wants you not to wait on God. He wants you to act on impulse, not to live by the word, but to act on emotion and impulse and pressure from this world and the way everyone says we should live and think. But God takes time to bring his best to you. Wait on God. Wait on God for the impossible. Wait on God for your future spouse. Wait on God for a job that will be conducive to you doing what's most important, serving him and living for him. Wait on God. He's got everything for you to fulfill the impossible in your life. Wait on God. Number two, how do we enter the impossible? Do not compromise. Be obedient to the Lord's commands. Do not compromise. Be obedient to the Lord's commands. Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commands. How do you know you love Jesus? Keep his commands. Psalm 37 says, be delighted with the Lord. Then he will give you all your heart's desires. Be delighted in the Lord. Then he will give you all your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Commit, say everything. Say it again. Everything. See, sometimes we like to commit this and that and hold on to this and that. You want God to fulfill your heart's desires, you must commit everything you do to the Lord. Bible doesn't say some things, everything. Trust him to help you do it, and he will. You know, compromise is inviting the devil over for dinner because he offers to bring dessert. But what the devil doesn't tell you is the dessert is laced with poison, laced with death. Compromise always brings death. It's a violation of the word of God. See, we, we all want God to give us what we desire. Isn't that true? Well, compromise will steal that away from you. The devil will use compromise to steal, kill, and destroy what God wants to do in your life. Compromise is a momentary decision that takes you off the road 
of God's promises, the impossible, his favor, and goodness for your life. And I've seen this so many times in the kingdom where people compromise and they get off the road of the impossible, all the good things God has for them. They compromise and they take another route that brings destruction and hurt and everything that you don't want to happen in your life because they compromised. And the Lord says, commit everything to the Lord. Don't compromise because I have better for you. But because God is so good, because God is so good, he will allow you to experience the suffering of the compromise. And then when he sees that he thinks you've had it, he comes and says, okay, you ready to come back? God is so good. He leaves the 99, he goes after the one. But I say this, can, be, can we be smarter than the devil? Do we have to suffer and lose time and lose our way to learn a lesson? Or can we say, Lord, help me not to compromise. Help me to be faithful to your word, obedient to it, because I want to please you, I love you, and I want your blessing in my life. I'd rather take that route. Come on, can we say amen? Amen. Be obedient to the Lord. Don't compromise. Two of the greatest acts of obedience, forgiving and giving. Two of the greatest acts of obedience to the Lord, forgiving and giving. You know, Jesus would not have resurrected if he did not forgive. If he did not say the words, Father, forgive them, he would have been in disobedience to God's plan for his life. If Jesus did not forgive those who killed him and tortured him and abandoned him and pounded the nails in him, if he did not forgive, salvation would have never come to the world. Forgiveness is powerful. And unforgiveness is powerful. See, unforgiveness will keep you in a tomb of hurt, destruction, lack, bondage. See, unforgiveness is like going back in the tomb that Jesus resurrected from, taking the stone yourself and closing yourself in. Unforgiveness will cause bondage and will stop you from experiencing the impossible the supernatural, the blessing, the fruit, the promises of God in your life. Jesus says in Matthew 6.15, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Now that is a very strong statement of how important it is to forgive. I want to read something from a doctor at John Hopkins Hospital. Her name's Karen Swartz. I think she's a Jewish director at the hospital, and she says this, there is an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. Chronic anger puts you in a fight or flight mode. Listen to that. Chronic anger puts you in a fight or flight mode. 
which results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels, leading to improved health. And I want to add, forgiveness allows God to work in your life. Unforgiveness takes the hand of God off of you. The importance of forgiveness. Giving is another act that releases God to do the impossible in your life, to bless your life. Luke 6, 38. The Lord says this, give and it will be given to you. He sets that principle in motion. Give and it will be given to you. Like gravity. It's a principle. It's a law that always works. God said it. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is such a powerful truth. You withhold, just picture God's hand. You give, God extends, he gives. You withhold, God withholds. Powerful truth. You want greater wealth in your life? Give. Honor the Lord. Obey his commandments. Tithe. Be generous. Well, I don't believe in it. Yeah, it's like I didn't believe in the prophetic. Well, let me tell you, this is the way. It's the truth. There's no other way. You can create your own religion, but I'll go with this. I'll go with this. You want a child? Serve in children's ministry. We told a girl a while back in our church, we said, hey, listen, rather than maybe focusing in on she wanted a child so bad, it's really discouraged. She couldn't have a baby. We said, listen, don't let the enemy cause you to focus on what you don't have. You want a child? Go serve in the kids' ministry. Go give to other children. And she did. And lo and behold, just found out she's having a baby. God is faithful. Come on, do his word. You want a home? You want a home? Care for God's house. Join a ministry team. Serve the Lord's house. You need healing? Pray for the sick. Pray for others who need healing. You need friends? Do what the Bible says. Be friendly. I don't have any friends, Pastor Ron. I come to church, no one wants to be my friend. Well, what are you involved in? I come to church. What do you mean? You take a seat? Get involved. Join a crew. There's lots of people here. Be friendly. Be friendly. Oh, I want people to be friendly to me, but I didn't think I had to be friendly back. See, giving is a sacrifice of what you have. Serving is a sacrifice of who you are. Giving your gifts, your talents. Giving your love for Jesus to others. Number three, ask the music players to come up. We're talking about how do we 
open the road for the impossible to happen in our lives, for God's favor, his goodness to be released, his word, his promises to be released in our lives. And let me tell you, everything I'm teaching today, I've seen with my own eyes. Not only have we experienced it in my house, our kids, but I've seen in the house of the Lord, those who live by these truths see the fulfillment of God's promises in their life. Number three, pray for what seems impossible. See, the devil always comes and he has his two cents to put in. When it seems like it's not easy, we can't do it. He causes us to lose hope. But you need to pray for the impossible because you don't really need to pray for things that you can do. You got to pray for what you can't do. You need the God of the impossible. Pray. The Bible says in James 4, you do not have because you do not ask God. James 5.16, the Lord says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. It's effective. Our prayers have power. They're effective. But sometimes prayer is like pulling on a rope that's tied to heaven. You're pulling. But sometimes you just got to keep pulling. Keep pulling. Well, Lord, I prayed, I prayed for for this for, for a week. It's not happening. I prayed for this for a month. It's not happening. Abraham, Lord, I prayed for this for a hundred years. And the Lord says, yep, that's about the right number. Come on. I want to close with this true story. My niece, I think I've known her since she was 10 or 11. Ever since she was a young girl, when she was a young girl, she would say that God told her that someday she would have twins. And so after her, she got married later in life, after her first child in her 30s, she really wanted more children. And she started getting very discouraged no, she really believed that God spoke to her when, even when she was a little child that she would have twins one day. And so she, they kind of was stuck on one. They went through all kinds of medical procedures. Was, nothing was working. So she was discouraged. And one Sunday at the altar, she came up to the altar. She was in her 40s. And she went up to a lady who was part of the prayer team. She said, will you pray for me? said, but I want you to pray specifically that God would give me twins. She didn't pray that she get pregnant, have a baby. She said, pray, please pray that God would give me twins. And when she said that, the lady started laughing because it's kind of peculiar because some people come and say, hey, I can't have a kid. Can you pray that I get pregnant? She says, I want you to pray that I have twins. And so the lady started laughing. She started laughing. And then the lady turns to her and says, the Lord wants me to tell you that he delights in your request. He delights in your request. Nine months later, at 42 years old, she had twins. God is a God of the impossible. 
Jesus said, Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.